0: welcome to the mind virus podcast so we're just gonna have to Deal with it. Grin and bear it.
1: That's what we do.
0: Are we recording yet? Yeah.
1: We're going to have to grin and bear it. Keeping an eye on this battery. I
2: think we should be fine. If we're not, well, no one will ever know because we'll fix it in post.
1: Do you ever get the impression that that's sort of the attitude a lot of. uh, Religious people take Christians. Relative and, to their lives? Yeah, well, we'll just fix it in post. Uh ah, we'll fix it during the millennium. Jesus
2: will sort it all out. <laughs> There's a lot of fixing in post. And as, an, as a former uh, editor,
1: fixing in post was always uh, harder and took more time and was worse than just getting it right the first time. We're taking the time to get it right the first time, which meant sometimes multiple takes. or redoing things or re-recording things rather than fixing it in post. Okay.
0: Hold on a second here, though. You, asked, you, you mentioned something before we started. I don't know. Should we even talk about this on the... Is it unsubstantiated or was it... Uh, that's, a,
1: that's part of a criminal complaint, so take it for
0: what it's worth. Okay. We're, we're not fixing this in post. We're just going to get all, we're going to talk about fixing things in post, and then we're going to jump I don't non, do, non sequitur into.
1: I don't do much post work on this anymore.
0: I just. Slap the front and the back on. Basically. Which I think is good because listeners, you need to realize that everything that you see or hear on the internet and media today has probably, well, maybe not all of it, but a lot of it has been fixed in post to varying levels of success is what, I think what you were saying, right? Some of it doesn't appear to be very well done. Well, fixing and post is just always harder than just recording it correctly the first time. Doesn't it leave us with uh, the impression that maybe it's been recorded rather than real life? Well, the, the media is
1: highly scripted. They take time to get it right and to fine tune their messaging the more money they have, right? Before it's delivered, because if, if if not, it
0: would be incredibly dangerous to our democracy. Right. The more, the more uh, people involved, the the more likely it is to be massaged. Well, it gets it gets
1: messed up, but I mean, you look at certain events. Uh, it's like uh, Ukraine. Everyone was saying "Stand with Ukraine," "Stand with Ukraine," or COVID. You know, there was so much of that going on with COVID. The script was out, right? Safe and effective. Stay home, stay safe. Alone together. Two weeks to slow the spread. Like it was just. It was like a. Uh, it's like a waterfall of catchphrases.
0: Catchphrase. Catchphrase. Catchphrase.
3: Oh, I was just it, it, while you were talking about
0: that, I was asking the LDS bot. I'm, usually what I'll do is I'll get in here. We'll fly by the seat of our pants. So I'll be, we'll be starting the podcast, and I'll be closing tabs from the last podcast. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of tabs that have stuck, like <laughs> the LDS spot. I All haven't right. closed that in the last few. So while you were rambling on about post or something... <laughs> Because I was <laughs> rambling on while you were starting the podcast, I think that's if we trace this tangent all the way back, that's what happened, right? I was talking about grinning and bearing it mm-hmm. or something. You just launched right into the podcast, which you will not fix and post, probably not. And then, so I, I you know, I realized for a, ble- a bleak, a brief <laughs> moment. <laughs> that you, we were recording, and you were talking about post, and then my mind jumped back to what you were talking about right before we started. So I asked the LDS chatbot, why did the church help Tim Ballard? Mm. And if you're not uh, familiar with who Tim Ballard is, he, Ballard is, he's the founder of Operation Underground Railroad. We've talked about him before, and he's mired in a controversy right now. What Do you want to just briefly, one paragraph, what's the controversy for anybody who's been living in a in a hermetically sealed box in Utah the last
3: or
1: just, year.
0: Or just for those of you who plug your ears and say,
4: blah, 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 blah. Is that what they
1: say when they plug their ears? I think so.
4: <laughs> blah, blah, blah.
1: Well, t- Tim Ballard made a lot of headlines this summer because the movie Sound of Freedom released. Right. In which Jim Cazaville, Cava's, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. <laughs> Played him, Jim Caviezel. Jim Caviezel played the hero, Tim Ballard, and I, I saw the movie. We talked about it here. It was.
0: I heard it was really good. It was decent, you know. It was it, for a lower budget film, they did a good job. It made a ton of money. It made a big splash, and the big thing that uh, riled everybody with a conscience is feathers was that all of the big outlets were a, were trying to knock it down, uh, protesting. The subject matter, which was child trafficking, right, is a, right. a message. It was essentially an anti-child trafficking film, and the big corporate outlets, the legacy media, whatever you want to call them, the the mainstream the readers, the script readers, they were all. They seem to have had a coordinated.
3: Yeah, it was a coordinated uh, campaign effort
0: against it, this movie. Right, the lady does protest too much. Much methinks, you know. They they, right. they had guilty written all over their foreheads or something. And then after the movie the
1: hype kind of died down, the LDS Church released a statement via Vice, which was odd. Just just listen to that sentence. The LDS Church released a statement via Vice. We certainly are living in bizarre times, but that statement came out of nowhere condemning and uh, uh, disavowing Tim Ballard. And then a couple days later, Vice and broke And then they news. haven't said anything else about it, right? The church hasn't said anything not else about word, it. Not of course not. And then uh, a couple days later, Vice broke the story that he, there are several women accusing Tim Ballard of inappropriate uh, behavior while they would go undercover and, and, and participate in the couple's ruse where women would pretend to be his wife. And it, it keeps getting worse for Tim Ballard. Uh, and it appears that all this this has some, has some uh, legitimacy to it. But I, again, I guess we'll find out. But the, unfortunately, the church's statement muddied the waters because when the LDS church condemns you, you're condemned. God condemns you. <laughs> well, Noah. That's the inverse of a statement Elder Rasband Noah. made. Elder Rasband said, when you get a temple recommend, you're being recommended to the Lord. So if the church who issues the temple recommend condemns you, is that the Lord condemning you? I'll let the dear
0: listener reason that out. Do you remember Cosby's Noah, though? no. How long he, this is uh, God and, and Noah having a conversation mm-hmm. about building the
1: What's an ark? <laughs> oh, I think I have heard this. <laughs> it's
0: like he's like I don't want to build an ark. He's like, Noah, how long can you tread water? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Co- great. It's great, by the way.
1: Yeah, Cosby, that's a that's another one, right? Guy who has a public face and in private he was not as a uh, wholesome
0: well he got off you remember he's out of jail now you know well that, right? it's because he's 90 years old and well they uh, they um the appeals court basically ruled that the me too trial that he had mm-hmm. had wrecked his uh fourth amendment rights like right. he he um he basically gave incriminating evidence against himself in a In a prior case, once the prosecutor said, well, we're not going to prosecute you. And then they turned around and Mm -hmm. gave all that to the defense uh, in this next case and came after him. And so I think the water is still pretty muddy. The question is, you know. Well, his reputation is ruined, though. His reputation is ruined. But I mean, the question is, what what are consent? What? what constitutes consenting adults? So a woman who throws the question again, we don't know exactly what happened. This is why I wouldn't, why I don't wouldn't want to be involved in any of these mm-hmm. deliber, deliberations to figure out who's at fault. But, you know, you meet Cosby at a bar, you get invited over to the house, you come over, mm-hmm. you're a woman, right? You've been having all of the, going through all of the Steps? preliminaries. <laughs> Should we call them the preliminaries? <laughs> and then and then you get there and and he offers the woman a drink with uh roofies something like that right is that what it was uh, that's Qua- the, is it Quaaludes or something probably yeah something to call i i can't remember exactly what happened well he was
1: probably doing that without them knowing
0: that's the big that's the big question like, like, here's
1: right? a here's a drink and oh by the way i
0: put something in
1: that'll cause you to pass out for 12 hours
0: but he was um that's he was pro- essentially that's, convicted by the Me Too movement. Right. We no I don't I don't know. I didn't follow that very but that's closely. That's where the
1: consent ends, right? Like the women may have gone there with the intention and uh, of physical activity with him, but they didn't consent to be drugged and dragged like a caveman. It,
0: if that's what happened, if that's, that's the, what that happened. was the picture that was painted in the press. Right. Maybe maybe these were women he had done drugs with before. Maybe there was a precedent. You know, we don't know right. what the whole. Well, we also don't know. When drugs are involved, see that's the problem. If you're if you're doing alcohol or drugs, you're you're basically, and, and this is what um, there's a there's a blurry line here for the LDS, right? Because we abstain from that, right? So depends uh, on the drug, right? But I ice cream definitely not, but. We, um, antidepressants, we love those. Weren't weren't we, when we were kids sort of, um, induced to think that like, if you took a drink, if you had a drink of alcohol, that was it. You were going to become an alcoholic. You know, you don't want to ever, there was like a scare tactic used, Mm -hmm. like don't ever cross that line because if you do, you may lose all control. Mm -hmm. And, uh, my understanding now is having talked to plenty of people with experience that's not the case, you know. People can not actually drink responsibly. There are some people who can't, mm-hmm. but it's a very unusual thing. And most people, there's there's a whole um, fifty shades of gray. There, <laughs> we, <laughs> gotta, we gotta gotta edit that out in post. Different um, different, <laughs> different, <kinds laughs> different shades of, of gray, right? Uh, we've gotta edit that edit that out in post. There's all these shades well, of I'm gray. And, you know, you, some people are able to drink very responsibly, others are not, and they us- you usually have to drink a whole heck of a lot of alcohol to get, to get really drunk. And then you, that, that's where at some point they lose control of themselves, right? That's what we're getting at. And other drugs have the same effect where, where you, you dull your senses or, or you heighten your senses in certain ways, but you lose other control or, or um, your regular cognition kind of goes out the door, right? Right. So this is a this is sort of a foreign idea to most of us who grew up and followed the word of wisdom.
1: I'm going to get into trouble today.
0: Okay, go ahead.
2: Because we're uh, getting back to Tim Ballard. Because there's a lot we don't know
1: there either. What we what we know are that there's there's this criminal complaint, right? mm Hmm. But where I get a little confused on the whole matter. And I've read some of this complaint, and it's not good for Tim, if it's, if it's accurate, right? But where I get a little bit, where my, my, I scratch my head. So Tim was able to facilitate this behavior, which was,
2: he's being accused of sexual assault, basically rape. But these, these ladies
1: agreed, and, and, and one of the strange things about Operation Underground Railroad, is that they would go on these operations, these undercover missions, with a bunch of amateurs. Didn't you say you, you know somebody who went on one of these? Or maybe it's somebody else I know. Uh, I don't. know, I don't. Maybe it was another friend saying, oh, yeah, I, I know someone that went on one of their missions. And I'm like, does that person have training or a background in like this sort of thing? No,
0: he just signed up and went. I attended a fundraiser, <clears throat> and the frenzy surrounding it was pretty huge like the yeah, woman I that invited us days. the woman that invited us i think she would have gone uh not, i'm not saying she would have wanted to play his wife or anything but, right but the woman that uh, had invited us she was very enthused She's, she was telling me that this right. is like this was her life's calling like she got really right. it, excited it, about it
1: a few years ago maybe 10 years ago it was a big deal here in in the great state of utah where nothing is ever awry but but these missions seemed real amateurish to me because they would just kind of take anybody who, like, well, we donate uh, $10,000 and you get a free undercover mission included. <laughs> you know, it's kind of the vibe. And you have these women, many of them who are Mormons and married, agreeing to go on this, these missions and be the... Be the, the the wife, play the wife. And, and, and I'm, I guess my question is, what, what did they think that would entail? Apparently, they didn't think it would entail doing what Tim wanted to do or was being accused of doing.
0: He's playing the part of his wife?
1: Well, he took it literally and, and was trying to have sexual relationships with these women because they had to sell it, you know, the bad guys might be watching us.
0: So, but if they left their garments on, <laughs> <laughs> but this isn't is, <laughs> that the way the LDS do it? <laughs> uh, I'm not going there, but I just,
1: I'm, my question is like, what I guess, and I'm not trying to victim shame or anything like that, but I'm saying, what, what. what what was the motivation for going in the first place and pretending to going off to Mexico or wherever and pretending to be this man's wife? If you come from an LDS or even a traditional Christian background, already you've kind of crossed some lines, right?
0: Well, we we could get accused of victim shaming here and I don't think that's the case. The the point is That this is just a really bizarre situation. It
1: is, and the more you look at it, and again, if this is this stuff is accurate, Tim was
0: a a bizarre dude. It's like Cosby had a reputation with the ladies. So if you're a lady out there that knows him personally, and you're gonna right, is that not a fair statement? No, I think it's fair. But this—I'm not uh, saying uh, that they deserve to be right. to have their their rights taken away. But w- if you take the drugs, if you do that, you're inviting. But That's the problem. Like, is there's a slippery slope? You're, it
1: doesn't sound like it. Sounds like the drug in this O.U.R. case was ego and like celebrity.
0: Right. So there was never any. Uh, there was never any point where the rational man would say, "Well, she did this." You know, losing, self, causing her to lose self-control, which mm. she knowingly did, knowing that that was the slippery slope. No, she just agreed to play the part of another man's wife, and there's multiple, which ladies. included, yeah, which included lots of wifey things, which she knew Apparently. up front, which she didn't know up front, or she did. Well, that's probably the a big question. Your Honor, I object. Here, movie your.
1: There you go. Now I don't have to listen to your mic get my mic did not consent <laughs> to me touching it. So, uh but it is bizarre and 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 Tim, uh, if you believe this criminal complaint and we can li- we can link to it, it's out there. I don't know if it was leaked or if it's just public, but it's you know, he believed he was chosen by God to do this and and that he was he he was blessed by some people to supersede church and government restrictions and laws
0: and rules and well we all know that the church vouches for the LDS bot, right?
1: No. (laughs) No, we know that that's that it is not a a But the LDS
0: bot, but the LDS bot is doing its best to give vouch for information. Right. Why did the church help Tim Ballard? You gotta hear this. Okay. This is the LDS bot. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has provided support to organizations that align with its values and efforts to make the world a better place. Like the NAACP, the UN, UNICEF, UNICEF
1: CARE, United States government, the military,
0: uh, Al-Qaeda, the United Nations, ISIS. One of these organizations is Operation Underground Railroad. O-R-U, O-U-R. Fix that in post. Founded by Tim Ballard. The Church has supported o u r with financial donations and other types of aid. Is that true? Did they support o u r with financial donations? I think so, but i we'd have to look to that see up. that's that might be news that the l d s bot is breaking without permission o u r is an organization dedicated to rescuing children from child trafficking and sexual exploitation, which clearly ties into the church's belief in the importance of defending and ensuring the welfare of all children. Smiley face emoji. Which is why
1: the, you got to get your child vaccinated against COVID-19 and put a mask on him.
0: Okay, so here's what got me off track, because you know I, just, uh, I was listening but half listening while I was talking to the LDS bot while you were talking about editing and post. Mm-hmm. It then went on and said, if you need further information on this subject, feel free to ask. Hence, me being invited by the bot to ask, I said, why then did the church give Tim Ballard tithing records? Dun, dun. That's what we were talking about before. Mm -hmm. And the bot says, I apologize for any misunderstanding or confusion, but the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints does not share personal tithing records with individuals Mm. or organizations, including Tim Ballard or Operation Underground Railroad. Mm. Church policy strictly maintains the confidentiality of these Mm. records, ensuring the privacy of its members. Mm. I am aghast that you would even ask such a thing. Of it, me. The it does. bo- no, it doesn't say that. It says, <laughs> if there is more you'd like to know about the church's practices or teachings, I'm more than happy to help smiley face emoji. Well, according to this criminal complaint, let me who's, just. Who, 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 Whose criminal complaint? Uh, this is, um, well, let me find it. This is one of the accusers of Tim Ballard. I think it's collect- collective. This is it's a class action titled
1: "Amended Complaint in Tim Ballard Case." Um, it's filed by the law firm I think that's representing the the alleged victims in the Third Judicial District Court, Salt Lake County, State of Utah,
2: and uh, in that. In that complaint, on line 71,
1: it reads, The Davis County investigation, which was the investigation into OUR, right? That's already taken place. The Davis County investigation, according to OUR's own internal documents, revealed that Elder M. Russell Ballard and other authorities from the Mormon church provided Mormon tithing records to OUR to help OUR target wealthy donors and wealthy
2: Mormon wards. And then it has a source um, that you can go look up, which I think is at
0: Davis County Investigation. And you should text me that while, you're, while you've got it so I can post it on the podcast page.
2: This is interesting. There's a little footnote.
1: Because the full name of the church includes the name of deity, plaintiff's counsel will refer to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints at it's more as it's more commonly known, the Mormon Church, in order to limit the use of the sacred name of Jesus Christ. No disrespect is intended by the apparent informality.
3: Hmm. That's interesting.
1: So That's it, the complaint. Compl- the the cl-
0: complaintants fo- are saying, we're not going to say this word all the time. Yeah, I or guess. Fr- the, we're or not going to say the a, full name of the church all the time.
1: Just a little, uh, the, yeah, it's a little footnote there. But again, we got to take this all with a grain of salt, right? But. But allegedly, and apparently, according to OUR's own records in the Davis County investigation, the church provided uh, Tim Ballard with...
0: Targeted marketing materials. Yeah, go hit up this guy. Uh, That's not the way to put it. um, Data allowing them to make targeted marketing efforts. Right.
2: Here's the wealthiest people in Utah, according to tithing receipts. Go hit them up. Hmm.
0: That is a and uh if that's true, that is a line that has been crossed, another line hmm. that should never have been crossed, right? That's like
1: Well who else is getting uh tithing information or other information about members from the, the church. There
0: there's a huge um discussion or has been in the last few years going on about how much information we're giving to our phones and mm-hmm. you know companies that we interact with that are surveilling us i mean just think like you're when you use your credit card or your or your values shopper card whatever at the supermarket you're aggregating all those purchases into a database that's tracking what you you know what your habits are what you're purchasing and Oh yeah, Smiths gives us coupons based on our purchasing habits. You know, there's right. a, there's a lot more information and in, a lot far.
1: Well, the ads you get served on Instagram and things yeah.
0: have to do with things you
1: think about, yeah, talk about or search for, <laughs> search for, of course,
0: right? So you know, the, there's a lot more potentially damaging inferences that can be drawn from all that data, and and this is the problem with the the church information it's so detailed not only do they not only do they have um your financial information they have your genealogical information right so for them to get hacked or something they know they know a lot about you it might not be detailed in the in the sense that purchasing records are but they would know uh, any annotations on your record, what callings you've held. At this, at this point, it used to not be that way, right? Because such stuff was not tracked. But now they know, you know what, what your donations are, where they're going to. Um, they have banking information. We mentioned this, right? That the church actually was hacked
2: Yeah, it was, uh, at a
0: very high level a year or two ago, which did not make any news.
1: It only made news about seven or eight months later when the church said, we uh, experienced a... Minor glitch. A, a minor it's glitch. It's all been taken care of, and don't worry, nothing important was taken by yeah, the my hackers.
0: understanding was that the whole place was compromised from. And this was from insiders. Well, it doesn't. It sounds like to me, it doesn't. That the, the hackers need only ask. They don't
1: need to hack in. Uh, if you want the uh, tithing records, just ask. Just be important enough to ask, and they'll give it to you. Yeah. As long as you're doing, if you're allegedly or purportedly doing something uh, noble and good in the world, like saving children, which is of course is a, is a great and noble endeavor, and child trafficking and human trafficking exists, of course it does. But it sounds like Tim, maybe I, I don't know. This is this story is so bizarre. It's sort of a slow drip story, and no one outside of uh, like. Utah County really cares about it, or Salt Lake County. You don't hear it much. You don't hear much of it right now in the mainstream press.
0: Well, you sent me a link to an interesting article. Well, last week, maybe this was on Fortune dot com. Uh, the Mormon Church is being sued for allegedly lying to donors by investing three hundred fifty thousand that was supposed to be used for charity. Mm, right, and um. It's a, they're attempting,
1: it's like three or four people attempting to, to create a class action lawsuit.
0: Right. They're trying to get their tithing back. Mm -hmm. It's not, this isn't like if you've donated to the church, when they say charity, that sounds like they're saying they didn't use fast offering funds in a way that you expected. Mm -hmm. This fortune, the way they're framing it is that it's tithing money. It says that a federal lawsuit alleges that the church investment arm misuse: hundreds of thousands of dollars donated by three men by investing the money instead of using it for charitable purposes as the claim was promised. Mm-hmm. The legal action brings more scrutiny about how the faith known as the Mormon Church handles its vast financial holdings bolstered by the so-called tithing from its members who contribute 10% of their income. The Church doesn't disclose... Publicly, how it any details about its finances, but it goes on to explain how the money goes into Enzyme Peak and then never comes out. And that's the point is that the, if the money is never spent, then the, even if the church is holding it mm-hmm. for some future purpose,
1: some of it goes out. They're building a giant uh, rental development
0: in Arizona. Well, it, it doesn't ever go out. How did they put it in this? Uh, they donated tens of millions to the
1: UN. We've talked about that. But uh, this, it's this, okay. So
0: Fortune says Enzyme Speak has spent funds only twice in its 26-year history, according to both lawsuits. In 2009, it spent 600 million to bail out the failing church-owned for-profit life insurance company. I believe that was Beneficial Life. Yeah. From 2010 to 2014, it put 1.4 billion. Into the mall, City Creek Mall. City Creek. So I don't know if that's accurate. They,
1: I think some of this money is all under different umbrellas, right? Like the real estate. I don't think Ensign Peak handles the real estate development. That's why Ensign Peak, I think, is. There's another company. I think this one I mentioned in Arizona. There's a company called Queen City or Queen Creek Creek. Developments or something, which is the area mm-hmm. but well, I think that's why it's still tithing money all the money the church has is tithing money in the sense that it all it came originates. from donors it all originated and now might and you might say, well not anymore no it comes from investments
0: and well, that, returning right, on
1: in stocks and yeah, but where did it all come from originally
0: right. if you invest money, you expect the investment returns to be yours also they can't take you can't say the interest isn't right isn't the same as the money that well, and of course came in at first. People
1: are still being required to pay tithing in order to go to the temple. And so that requirement still exists and right. that money is still being donated.
0: Regardless, it's, regardless of whether you're required to pay it to go to the temple or not, the point is that it... Uh, um,
2: the point is that if you...
0: If you put your money in the bank and someone else took the interest from you mm-hmm. you would it would be called theft that's you can't right. if god invests the money in the bank <laughs> but and they take and the priests skim the interest that's not, but, not appropriate The reason why
1: these sort of lawsuits don't go anywhere is right there on the tithing slip. It says, this money is ours when you donate it to us and we can use it however we want. Well,
0: that's why these guys are seeking class action status, because if they can get enough people with uh, pitchforks and torches out, then the authorities will uh, have to bring it to a court or, you know, there'll be more... Uh, right. m- um, there'll be more momentum to to, to there, make something uh, nobody's gonna more get, public of this.
1: Nobody's going to get their tithing back, but there could be an interesting procedural, you know, uh, discoveries and things like that could be made public. More things about where this money goes and how it's spent in a lawsuit, in the process of that. But nobody's going to get
0: their money back. Well, I, I wonder if some people might get some money back, you know. They, they will. Uh, you're making that prediction right now. Uh, it's not a prediction. It's just they won't. The, the
1: church has unlimited money to a- fight this And stuff. unlimited attorneys? They have people in high places, and they have the disclaimer right on the tithing's receipt. You're giving us this money, and it's ours, and there's nothing you can do about it. But,
0: the, but that's still a potential uh, fraudulent inducement if it's not a- even a- used for anything close. I know, and we can be mad about that. I think For there's it, a legal le- principle. Legally, no, I think there's a legal principle there. It's going to be real hard to prove. Oh, it'd be that. really hard, yeah. But if you've got <laughs> if 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 the smoking gun is Ensign Peak Advisors, and that's why Fortune, I think, fixated on the idea that it's only used the money twice, mm-hmm. because that is the go read this Fortune article, guys, and comment and, and join the discussion here, because that's the question. If th- that's what I was getting at earlier, um, is that the enzyme pink advisors wrinkle here creates that possibility. If the money has gone into for-profit investment arms and never comes back out ever, mm-hmm. except for to build a mall and to bail out a life insurance company, then it's possible that that, that that wall there that you're talking about could be broken down. That Berlin wall of separation between, um, what, what, was, possible, what, is but, in, what is said and inferred and what is on the tithing slip.
1: There's nothing that the church protects more than its money. And so they will, they will bring will. Do you want
0: to care to emphasize that again? You said that there's nothing. That's a pretty absolute statement. Well, it's in there's, my opinion. In, there's nothing the church protects more than its money. Well,
1: look at its behavior over the last few years when the, some, on some of these financial things. I mean, they've gone to great lengths to hide the, the finances from us. The members and the government and regulators the only reason we know any of this is because of a whistleblower which has cascaded it snowballed all of these lawsuits there's one of the Huntsman brothers is doing a similar lawsuit as these three guys in fact he might be one of those three i don't know
0: i think he was mentioned in the article but Let's but see.
1: but i don't think anybody's going to get any money back but it could these types of things could progress enough publicly and put some pressure that maybe the church can start making some changes and start being more transparent and maybe not requiring tithing of its members because they don't need it they they have more money than they'll ever be able to spend
0: so james huntsman brother of john huntsman former utah governor it says scored a partial success on appeal and it remains pending. The lawsuit seeks the return of 5 million that he donated before he left the church. So he he got denied right up front in the in the initial lawsuit, but then the appeal opens the door for him to get that money back somehow. The church has previously defended how it handles members contributions calling Huntsman's claims baseless while claiming contributions go to a variety of religious purposes including missionary work, education, humanitarian causes construction of churches, temples, and other buildings important to the church's work. Mm -hmm. But it
1: also goes to a lot of other things. Well,
0: (laughs) at issue in both lawsuits is whether the church's investments in stocks, bonds, real estate, and agriculture reflect the wishes of its donors.
1: And the church's
0: response to that is, we don't care.
1: We tell you right on the slip, it doesn't, you have no say how we spend this
0: money. Once you give it to us, it's ours. Right. But that... But the problem is, is it's a religious institution, and the inference is that it will be used at some point. Oh, I know. That's for. What's... And if that's, the, if that's the initial basis, then it, if it colors that disclaimer that's on the tithing slip, you know, I mean, if it were used for uh, strip clubs and casinos. Are you listening to me or are you checking your texts? No, I'm, I'm reading the disclaimer, but I'm listening. Okay, but you, you see what I'm saying is if yeah. they used it for strip clubs and casinos, which it's possible that we have actually invested in that. We've definitely invested in Lockheed Martin, I'm sure, somewhere down the line. Well, no, we have
1: stocks in those types of companies. Right. We've so,
0: invested in Big Pharma. We've invested in right. all kinds of uh, so it's co- a, unsavory it's companies. A gray, it's shades of gray here. It's like, you know... I don't think you would be making that strong of a point if it were clear that we that all the money was going to war and sex. I think Illicit this is salacious activity. I think this is what the
1: disclaimer says: All donations to the church are free will offerings and become the church's property. In furtherance of its overall mission, the church may shift donations from any designated use and other uses as its sole discretion just like the disclaimer on the uh, food on the vending virtue signal vending machines, right? Where does my money go? Well, it goes wherever the people who get the money decide to go. It may or may not buy a chicken or a lamb. Mm-hmm. It might actually go to something else more important. Remember we've we talked about that disclaimer a couple of weeks ago.
0: Sure. But that's the point that I'm trying to make is that all of those um Donations are induced on the basis that this is money that will go for good. Well, it's all they're also induced, things, such that. as that it's all it's told to the members that it's such as buildings, chickens, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, and so, if it, it, all, all you got to do, you can sue anybody for anything, right? And, and all that has to happen is a court or a jury or whoever decides right that the the flavor of it, the the tenor of the whole thing is. Was Whoa. fraudulent or in, inappropriate, then the whole thing comes crashing down. Well,
1: and I'm getting I told you I'm gonna get in trouble today and it's not just inducing donations by saying, Look, we're doing good with this money, we're buying things, we're helping people, but it's also a requirement to what the church says are saving ordinances. If you don't donate to the church, you're denied entry to the temple.
0: Well that's the point, is and it's, if you're it's worse than If you're denied
1: entry to the temple, you're pretty much you might as well just excommunicate yourself.
0: That's the point, is that it's worse than just saying, you know, we're going to use these things for good, and then, on the other hand, just investing them and never using them for the purported original right. purposes. You're at, the complication is that if you don't pay it, you can't participate in those right. saving ordinances and if in the temple.
1: If you come from a Mormon background, you know how devastating it is to, you know, it's, it's like it's a it's uh you might as you might as well burn just uh, become a like a al Qaeda terrorist it's about the same thing as losing a temple recommend <laughs> i mean it's, it's 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 culturally devastating you you get the neighbors won't talk to you anymore
0: if you don't have a temple recommend
1: especially for not paying tithing they know why <laughs> i mean it is am i it's, really? it's culturally it's very okay chime
0: in chime in on the podcast comments guys is that is that a fair statement i mean i, I my my feeling is most people don't really know exactly who you know who's less active who's more active I know, in your ward right
1: but the, if you start to go a little bit less active you'll get some people to come over and maybe help them when that doesn't work shunned you just no they just you know oh well he's a lost cause. Probably doesn't even pay his tithing. (laughs) Now I'm being a little bit cynical or a little bit, you know, over the top. But, but I think it's really I think it for I think it's a really uh, important thing though. That here's what we know, right? This isn't speculation; these aren't rumors. What we know is that you are required to pay tithing to enter the temple. The church teaches that the temple, uh, in the temple, are saving ordinances. We also know that the church has not been forthright or honest about the way way it uses the tithing money. So those are facts. Those are things we know. Those are things that are rightfully causing people to say, wait a minute, what's going on here? And I think that's completely fair. And if it's not fair, you can tell me about it in the comments. But I think those are. It's completely fair for someone to say, "You're not being honest about the money that I don't about how you use the money that I donate at significant sacrifice. Ten percent of one's income is significant.
0: You're not Gro- being, okay. gross or net. Gross or net.
1: <laughs> it better be on the biggest number that is on your check.
0: By the way, I just want to get a. I want to get a placeholder in here uh, for the end of the episode. We gotta. We gotta read some of the comments. We had some really good comments in okay. the last two weeks. Yes, so. we did. Yeah. So,
1: so you're not being honest about the way that about the way you use the money that I donate, but you're also telling me that if I don't continue to donate, then I'm going to go to hell. <laughs> that's pretty. I think that's. I think that's. Grounds for having a a discussion, and I think the church needs to be a far more transparent. I think they need to divest of Babylon. You know, if you want to talk in religious languages, Babylon, oh Babylon. What are they they going to just buy gold?
0: Are they just going to buy gold and silver? Why do they need
1: to buy anything?
0: Well, because we have all this money,
1: right? Think of what they could do with that money. They are
0: thinking about it and they are doing it. But think about actual good. They're they giving their money the to the money changers. You should have given your that money. to money. The, it's the parable of the talents. The mo- you, have we talked about the parable of the talents on this show before? <clears throat> Probably not. Because the in, the Maybe. the uh, command or imperative given to, or, or, or no, it's really not the command, but the the wrap up is you should have given your money to the money changers.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Isn't that where we yeah. usually. Come down on this is the parable of the talents is the justification for. Well, we, ha- was, we have enough, so we got to go invest it.
1: Yeah, there was the hashtag on Twitter when this there was last some public controversy over this, and these defenders of the church were saying, Make it a trillion, let's keep growing the money. It's like the more money we have, the more true the church is. And it's like, Do we none of this is going to mean anything? in the long run money doesn't mean anything in the long run and so we have to wonder like i said like like last week why why what's it all for why is the church building rental developments in okay ar- let's do in a little Arizona? impromptu let's okay. do
0: a little impromptu uh gospel doctrine here matthew chapter 25 also luke 19 okay
1: oh so you're going to go to the words of dead prophets <laughs>
0: Uh, okay so that's what the first comment was in gospel doctrine you're the i'm the teacher you're all the voices okay (laughs) you're everybody um oh man uh, was it you that was showing me there was a comedy sports or somebody did a parody on gospel doctrine Mm -mm. oh i gotta find that they had um It, w- it was like every gospel doctrine class in, in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so they had the teacher and he he gives a baseless platitude and then somebody, one of the other kids stands up and says, deep doctrine. And then <laughs> the other guy says, uh, uh, stale mission story. <laughs> repeats stale mission story. So they just, I got to find that. The, um, <clears throat> the gospel doctrine...
1: Okay, but you were going to go to math class math, Matthew in and Luke, ten those, minutes. Those dead guys.
0: Okay, so anyway, we're going to dead prophets. Parable of the talents is found in Matthew chapter twenty-five, verse fourteen is where it starts. The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And he unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one one to every man according to his several ability. And straightway took his journey. So he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made another five talents. Likewise, he that had received two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. So he that had five talents came and brought the other five talents, saying, Lord, look, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I've gained another five. The Lord said unto him, I'm paraphrasing King James here, by the way. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Same with the one who had received two talents. He says the same thing to him. Then the one that had received the one talent and didn't make any interest, he says, Lord, I knew that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid. I went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast thou there thou hast that which is thine. So he gives him back the talent, intact even. It must have been a hyperinflationary environment at the, the time. <laughs> His Lord answered and said, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not strawed, thou oughtest therefore have to put my money to the exchangers. And then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Therefore, Take the talent from him and give it to him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So, class, what can we learn from this?
2: that we should uh, be we should engage
1: in
0: usury. Okay, brother. Any other comments? Uh,
3: What's
4: usury?
0: Well, usury is the practice of uh, uh you know, y- taking your money and making it work for you. When you give it to somebody to let them borrow it, you expect that for the uh the privilege of using your money, which high you, interest. You are, rates! Well, yes, but it, it, it's high interest. As rates! As long as as long as the rates are not too high, it's not considered bad.
4: Reminds me of a time when I, when I was working uh, in a factory in, in, the, in the 40s. We <laughs> all had to stop what we were doing and work for the war effort. So instead of making widgets, we started making bullets. Well, it's casings for the bullets, not the actual bullets. And there's a fellow at the time, his name was Pete. And Pete. Wasn't a member of the church. He had a horrific tobacco habit, and he would uh, come and he would spit his tobacco chew into a cup they carried around with them. And one time, I I said, Pete, you got to give up that have habit. <laughs> and then the missionaries came over, and they they uh, they were thrown off the porch by Pete. Well, they stuck with it. Seventeen years later. <laughs> Pete still chews the tobacco, but <laughs> he comes to church every now and again with us. And that was back
0: then. Are we not... Re- thank you, Brother Kumrushin, for your <laughs> wonderful comments. Um, well, I thought we were, you know, you wanted doing, to be the, doing, the whole audience. No, you're, We're doing gospel doctrine. Okay. That's perfect. Okay. That is actually very perfect. <laughs> Getting back, thank you. Thank you for okay. your comments, uh, Brother C. Tell me if I did. I getting mi- back to the comments. What we learn? What do we learn from this? Well, did I miss?
1: It sounds like the, the unprofitable servant. What does he say to the master? He says, "You are reaping where you do not sow and
0: gathering where where you have not strayed." So is he
1: saying, "Look, you you earn money with that you don't
2: actually earn. You have money that off." The, is he insulting the master there?
3: No. Hmm.
0: Let me look at a different translation here. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. I went out and hid your gold in the ground. Okay, let's try the.
2: Is uh... it sounds like he's saying? I don't know. That's an interesting. Here, let's try the whole thing that Bible. gets overlooked. Because
1: all, the, the lesson we always take from this is you need to go out and magnify your calling and do your home teaching.
0: Reaping and, where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered spend, seed. Spend more time than
1: five minutes on your lesson plan and things like that, right? Magnify your calling.
0: Well, no, I also think it's, it's brought up when we talk yeah, about our about, tithing money.
1: Well, it is sometimes, but it's also we take talents and turn that into your spiritual gifts or your personality, and I think that's applicable. Do this you remember, is
0: a parable. We we've had a situation where where we had a big huge uh, gifts and talents expose. Do you remember that? Vaguely, we we rented out the David O. McKay Events Center and put on a huge oh, road like show. Oh, like the
1: regional thing. Yeah, do you remember that?
0: Yeah, I don't know, was it regional or was it a stake
1: thing? I re- I remember because I I participated as the. Photographer.
0: Kids were skateboarding, dancing, you know, it was to showcase the gifts and talents.
1: I took pictures there and and I thought the thing was really... um, I was surprised it all came together in the end because it was very unorganized. I love it when a plan comes together. I do remember that. That was was a long time ago.
0: Yeah, when that was going on, I was thinking hard about this particular passage in Scripture. And the thought occurred to me that a talent, um, that the, there's very something very specific being talked about here, and it's not about playing the piano or right, right, uh, being able to skateboard well or whatever. So, what happens to the guy who loses a lot of money in the stock
1: market? Is is he an impro- an unprofitable, unprofitable servant?
0: servant? Well, I'm guessing that if you work for Enzyme Peak Advisors, you're not going to be working there very long. And you probably get sent out the door, kicked out the door with uh, the comment that, you know, you've wasted the Lord's money. And a 78-page NDA. <laughs> so, uh, no, I think I think this is significant because the the talents are significant sums of money. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars in today's money, if I remember I'm just going off the cuff here but uh the guy that had five talents had a you know a, sm- mm-hmm. a sizable fortune not just a small fortune but a sizable fortune and we're not talking about um I I don't want to say that your your talents as an individual like your ability to do voices right. and off the cuff come up with a very very apropos you know like almost every gospel doctor in class had at least one of those last week you know well
4: my grandson he's (laughs) on a mission in Peru and they don't have any talents down there they're all poor dirt
2: poor
0: (laughs) thank you sister so and so (laughs) we appreciate you coming to class again now the the (laughs) point the point I'm trying to make is that, yeah, it's great. We've we've all been given these, uh, you know, people have different gifts. People have different abilities. It's Wilford Woodruff that always comes up, right? Because he learned how to sing the hymns.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, man. Anyway, you remember these stories we've been told that are related to the, the talents mm-hmm. thing. And it always gets, uh, uh, again, associated with these, performance arts right, mm-hmm. right sure <laughs> yeah but then other people say well i have a talent for math or whatever and i think we should magnify those or uh, you know not not hide them and, and try to try to uh expand upon the things god has given us but this is this is a different this so is a different are we, discussion
1: are we really being told to make money <clears throat> via usury and trading and stocks and like that. Is, that is that the lesson here?
0: No, but I really do think that the uh, because
1: I think that's the way a lot of people. I think, think the leadership
0: look at it that way. I do. I do think the leadership look at it that way because of the the angle. I think I've heard that said before in priesthood leadership. Right. Like we're we're not going to uh, bury these talents. We've got to we've got to make sure that we're good stewards of the money and we get it all up to Salt so Lake what, so that they can invest it. What
1: is the interpretation then of this or the the proper what's the point of this parable
0: well um according to jordan did we introduce anything today no this is just a different podcast than normal <laughs> we're actually impersonating our <laughs> your regular hosts
1: well it's november 6th we're the mind virus podcast dot show <laughs> mindvirus.show on the internet i'm bobby flood that's jordan Bruto. you all know this There's only eight of
0: you left. We'd like to interrupt our regularly scheduled programming for the parable of the talents. Uh, Okay, so Matthew chapter 25 starts with the parable of the ten virgins. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the Greek, verse 1, it says that the Basilei... Tone uranon, which means the kingdom of heaven, will be likened to ten virgins. Hmm. That's the parable of the, the wise and the foolish virgins, right? Right. When you get to verse 14, it doesn't actually say kingdom of heaven, okay? It, 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 if you've got a King James Bible, all the words that are in italics are, are not actually in the text. They're inferred or they're added or Mm -hmm. supplemented because it makes it make more sense in English, which is okay in some cases, and in other cases, it's not. If you've got a good translator, then it makes sense. If not, um, then you can get some inversions uh, or strange additions. But in this case, it's appropriate because you get the first talent, sorry, the first parable about the 10 virgins, right? And then your, your next it segues, or or it doesn't really segue, it switches to uh, this next parable, and and it says uh, in Greek,
2: hosper, okay? Which would be maybe similarly, kind of like an adverb. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: and they've translated in in this interlinear as it is like so i'm i you know they've supplied even in the interlinear where they show the greek next to the english the our translators have supplied the 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 verb to be which is appropriate okay there's a lot of missing verbs to be uh where where you just have to know that that's the way that they spoke and wrote sometimes they didn't say it it was inferred that, that the verb to be was was there. So in King James verse 14 says for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country but I'm I'm bringing this up because it's important to the conversation but that is not actually in the text but it is appropriate to insert it into the text because we've just talked about the kingdom of heaven being like the 10 virgins and also we're now having another parable talking about the same thing. Hence, it starts with similarly or like. So the kingdom of heaven is also going to be compared to something different here. Okay? And that's the part that helps us to understand the talents. Because is this in the lesson material? (laughs) Is this in the manual? I didn't find this in come follow me. Right. This is the problem. There's a lot that's not in there. This is why we're missing the point because we're talking about the kingdom of heaven in mm-hmm. heaven not the kingdom of heaven as we expect it what, what is the kingdom of heaven is there is the kingdom of heaven on earth that's the question i mean i got into a big discussion with a friend recently about how mormons view zion Mm-hmm. This is a, was a Catholic friend wanting to understand, somebody who lives here, trying to understand how we view Zion, because it comes up every once in a while. Also, we have Zion's Bank and Zion's National Park. and Zion, Zion National Park. Yeah, Right. But, which,
1: which wasn't named by the Mormons.
0: Right. But it is called Zion. Right. And you're right. It's a singular. And stop calling it Zion's
1: Park. It's <laughs> not. We have Zion's Bank, which is plural, but no apostrophe.
0: Right, and but, the, but and I, Zion national I, park. I understand that. I said Zion's National Park Everybody for a does. very specific, no, I said it for a very specific reason because it is the park belonging to Zion. Well, the park belonging and the bank to Zion, belonging to Zion. Is... And the next one I was going to say was also Zion's Dry Cleaners. And the implication is that we're in Zion. There was in, Zion. Here
1: in the West. Zion Mercantile.
0: Right. Otherwise known Zion, as... Zion... ZCMI. Right, Zion's Cooperative Mercantile Institute, right? I remember that
1: went out of business. What happened?
0: They were purchased by Macy's, a mm. uh, back east a department store. So it's the same pattern wh- as everything so in Utah.
1: D- Zion sold its mercantile to an outside Babylonian influence company.
0: Well, they probably, it probably happened like this. They probably got invested in mm. and people from the Babylon came and worked for them. And then eventually, mm. it was mm. mostly Babylon and they just decided to sell the brand to uh, so that they could create economies of scale by combining their two efforts and, yeah. <laughs> Babylon. Does that make sense what I said, listeners? Okay. The kingdom of heaven. That's the question is, what is the kingdom of heaven? The, the inf- Just to make a long story very short, I think it is not uncommon. I think it's fairly, in fact, fairly common for members of the church, especially in Utah, to think of the church as the kingdom of heaven on the earth and zion as where, well, we're, wherever the church are per- told that particularly utah or missouri it, sometimes we talk about missouri being zion because of the doctrine and covenants and and the first stake in zion which was in jackson county missouri etc cetera, etc cetera. there's a there, there's a whole good discussion we could have on the location of zion maybe we'll save that for another day and I think it's a I think it's a good discussion because we want to talk about what makes a good society. What makes a Zion-like society even? Mhm. You know, I I think it's totally in keeping with the Mind Virus show and our our goals and aspirations to to talk about that stuff. So, this is good stuff. The parable of the talents, the kingdom of heaven. It's appropriate to say that. We're going to liken this situation of the talents to the kingdom of heaven. Because we're we're not talking about earthly things. We're talking about heavenly things. Hence, the talent is a heavenly thing. In fact, Hugh Nibley wrote an entire essay on this titled, Treasures in the Heavens. And he said, oh, can I find it? Probably. Um, the quote about, about the test in this life. I'm just going to paraphrase it. But he, he says that the test in this life is a, is a fair test because the 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 heavenly treasures are so much brighter and so much more alluring than the earthly treasures that that's why you're here having forgotten everything that's why that's why things are so screwed up in this world is so that the two treasures can appear to be sort of on equal footing and the test is to see if man will seek after and pursue and spend his effort his time talents and all that he possesses <laughs> pursuing Are trying to acquire the heavenly treasure or whether he pursues the glittering earthly imitation. Mm -hmm. That's the way Nibley puts it. And he even talks about the Lord and Christ, or sorry, the Lord Christ and the Dark Lord being primordial adversaries and how they both claim their powers and priesthoods and their gifts and all their, uh, you know, they claim to have the treasure, both mm-hmm. of them. And that that is the test, is to pick between the two. Between, you know, the Lord and the glittering earthly imitation. So, right. so it's really significant. It's really good. Nibley put it a lot better than I did. But the talent represents the treasure in the heavens, the treasure from the heavens, which is not an earthly thing. And so the idea of... Um, reaping where you have not sown gathering where you have not scattered seed is interesting is that um it sounds like a harsh lord right um uh, uh, getting upset at the servant for not using the heavenly treasure mm-hmm. and that goes to again I'll harken back to our episode 92 on cosmology the discussion there was about how this world is not a sin test to see if you will follow certain laws, and 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 at the end of it, Bobby Flood he gets a 78 percent on the sin test because well, you know he ma- made fun of the wrong people in gospel doctrine and <laughs> you know had premarital <laughs> sex and drank a lot of liquor and then he finally straightened up and went on a mission, but
1: Bobby didn't do he those could things.
0: never fully repent. <laughs> You know, he so seventy-eight percent. So, celestial kingdom for you? No, it's not. It's not about you know the the C's go to the celestial kingdom, the bees go to the terrestrial kingdom, and the ninety-three percent and above get to go to the celestial kingdom. That's not what it's about. The point is, this world is a loyalty test. It's a test of loyalty to see if you're going to follow Christ or seek after the glittering earthly imitation. Mm-hmm. And many who have come here came with responsibilities right assignments and so the, if they came from the kingdom of heaven heaven in the um greek was uranos right in uh, latin it'd be celestial see uh, you you re- recall such uh, english words as ceiling <laughs> it's above that's that relates to the celestial it's the heavens celestial is the heavens so we're la- we're talking about the kingdom of the heavens and and people there are people here who came from there the lord being one of them he came from on high and came down below again go back to that the page on episode 92 and you can see some of the drawings that i put up there like um dante's divine comedy and robert flood's depiction of the cosmos and you can mm-hmm. see that you're at the very bottom in the telos and they are at the top in the heavens so s- for some reason we're here having fallen and um, we need to understand why we're here and what we're doing here and so if you came with treasure you're supposed to use the treasure if you love me stand watch awaiting my every instruction awaiting for you know the Lord's the war leaders instructions as you participate in the war stand watch keep that has a military connotation Stand mm-hmm. watch like a sentry or a sentinel is the way I've heard it translated. John chapter 14, verse 15. So so the point is the talents are not what we commonly think of them. They are heavenly treasure, treasure that is intended to be used um, to further the Lord's goals, to accomplish your mission as relates to the war, to... Uh, th- this is similar to the city set on a hill, which should not be hid. The city, creek, mall <laughs> set on the hill, right? That's what you said. Right. Ma- you know, uh, let your light so shine that men may see your good works and glorify God, which is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Right. You've seen the lights on the temples. Right. <laughs> no,
1: I I don't mean to be no no no. I get it. I too, get it. Too it's, sarcastic. But. Uh, but cuz again the interpretation therein is we take the tithing money and we
0: multiply it and we further the work of the lord. <laughs> that, right that's that's and and is that it or is it a glittering earthly imitation? I guess only that's the crux. You can, only you can decide. Only you get to decide because oh man we should just but read while we, do the we work, should just read nibbly because while he is we do so sharp. while we do the
1: work of the lord we're going to be dishonest about it. And we're going to hide it. We're going to hide it behind shell companies and NDAs and secret companies nobody knows about. And we're going to even tell you that uh, sometimes on the tax forms, we say this is not an accurate statement. It was never meant to be an accurate statement. Things like that. That's all part of
0: it.
4: (laughs) Now listen, there's no place for that kind of talk here in the Gospel Doctrine class.
0: Okay, well, I'm just going to read some nibbly into Gospel Doctrine here. The element of opposition... (laughs) The element of opposition necessary for such a test is provided by the adversary, who in the beginning openly mocked God's plan and set up his own plan in opposition to it. Being cast out of heaven with his followers by main force, he continues upon this earth during the set time allowed to him by God's plan. For the irony of his situation is that he is... Mephistopheles unwilling unwillingly if not unwittingly contributing to the operation of that plan attempting to wreck the whole enterprise by drawing off as many spirits and as much material as possible into his own camp and here i think footnote 38 references the ships from the psalm of thomas where there's there's a mutiny allegory he takes the the material from the ship and he plants his own world right so this is where the reaping where you have not sown, or uh, and and gathering where you didn't scatter seed comes in. If you read that uh, Psalm of Thomas, it talks about that they used the treasures from that ship. They planted the seeds. They grew their own plants. Right. This is the devil. Mm-hmm. Okay. The 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 mutineers, the watch, the fallen angels. Again, I did, I talked about this in episode ninety two. The, how the book of Enoch has a lot of uh understanding that we've we've neglected because we don't ever talk about it in gospel doctrine or any in any of our regular studies. But the point is, they set up the world, they grew up the plants, they put they place the jewels all over, and then the the mighty one comes and wrecks their whole world. He takes the jewels back. See, he, he's gathering where he did not sow. He's 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 gathering what he didn't where he didn't scatter seed and he's reaping what he did not sow. He's taking that back. That's what it's referring to in the parable of the talents. And so uh, Nibley continues, he says, the devil and his hosts claim the treasure for their own. Hmm. What was sown? What was scattered? Go read um, Abinadi and how he talks about being the seed of Christ. And they attempt to pirate the treasure ships that cruise between the worlds and use the loot in the outfitting of their own dark worlds. Okay, so it was actually footnote 39. Do you know that Treasures in the Heavens is 50% footnotes? That essay? <laughs> a lot of
1: Nibley's essays are like But that. this
0: one's like more so There's than others. There's some other. good stuff in yeah. those footnotes. Anyway, a, ne- a neglected leitmotif of the New Testament is the continuation on earth of the personal feud between the Lord and the adversary begun at the foundation of the world from the first... Each recognizes the other as his old opponent and rival. They are matched at every point. Each claims identical gifts. Listen to Hugh Nibley here because this is a tough, tough issue of discernment. This is a difficult test here. We're, 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 we are in a war where the first casualty was the truth, right? They are matched at every point. Each claims identical gifts, ordinances, signs, and wonders. I got to go back to that identical gifts ordinances signs and wonders each has his doctrine and glory and his plan for the future of the race above all each claims to possess the treasure the Lord promising treasures in the heavens while the adversary offers a clutter clever glittering earthly imitation. It is the choice between these treasures, for no man can have both. And this is why I wanted to read it, because he says it so plainly. It is the choice between these treasures, for no man can have both. That is a man's real test here upon the earth, determining his place hereafter. It is the poor, quote-unquote, who recognize and seek the true treasures, since they who are, quote, rich as to the things of this world have deliberately chosen the fraudulent imitation. But... Getting back to gospel doctrine, if you pay your tithing, We're out of you time. will prosper.
3: <laughs>
0: then you'll have enough money to pay everything else.
1: Right. We get that prosperity gospel. But this is a prickly subject, and a lot of people dismiss Nibley as a leftist or a socialist and, uh, because, of course, we need to be rich in the church. And so you get this argument of, is it, is it evil to be wealthy or to have financial success? and. Uh, over things like this, which is probably one of the reasons we don't use Nibley anymore in our church uh, manuals and things.
3: But it's we uh, rarely uh, used him in the past. Well, he, true, got, he got true. to
0: contribute uh, an approach to the Book of Mormon, right? And when he was teaching at BYU, he was, you know, in the 70s, 80s, et cetera. I think it was more common to have people. Um, you know, talking about it, maybe the '90s or right. whatever, but it, he's been quickly forgotten. Occasionally, you'll get some old timer
4: and gospel doctor, and he'll say, like, well, I, I I took a class from Brother Nibley, learned a lot, and only understood about forty percent of what he said, but uh, he would, sometimes he would uh, trail off and,
0: well, and a lot wander of wander ta- away. A lot of times, you get people quoting him to further their own right ideas rather than understanding what he's really saying here. Well, it, but and the, and the question is: is, is it nibbly or is it is it the reality? Because mm-hmm. I don't, you know, nibbly just is showing us what these things say. Like, got to got to continue <laughs> with the, the thought here. He says, each man leaves his particular treasure in heaven, coming to the earth he leaves his share of the treasure behind in heaven safely safely kept in trust awaiting his return once or one has here below one has here below the opportunity of enhancing one's treasure in heaven by meritorious action and also the the risk of losing it entirely by neglecting it in search for earthly treasure isn't doesn't that doesn't this relate to the talents i think so i think so that's what I'm trying to say. That's what we're talking about. Okay, anyway, I kind of derailed you there. but I, I, no, I, I, think I, legally, I was never railed. You were never railed? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this is important because this passage in Scripture is sort of the basis for the existence of Enzyme Peak Advisors, is it not? Well, the existence of Enzyme Peak Advisors is to make money. To um, That's it. Give the money to the money changers. You should have done that. Right. That's, I mean, that's, that's, but is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, that's the question is all this money that has been given over the years, what should it have been used for? And would that have helped at all? Mm -hmm. And who gets to decide whether it helped? Because if you gave it to a single mother and she didn't get a job and start providing for herself in the Barbie movie way Mm -hmm. and, and stopped being a drain on her ward, Mm If she hadn't done that, then would we have viewed that as a success or not? Mm-hmm. You know, would we be looking at her children? We'd be lo- we'd be looking at you know the fact that there were forty other single mothers that in the stake that needed to be taken care of and became a drain on our resources rather than being able to invest the money. Right, and that's a big that's a big question. I mean, what that's I don't know the answer. What you do with these problems where marriages get wrecked, and um we have these needs like that cuz that's that's a big gray area. That's why I'm talking about the single mothers, right? The the general prevailing idea is and I think if you're a single mom, you want to be able to take care of yourself. You don't want to have to be reliant on
1: Right, but I, on I, the ward
0: for that. I don't think it is a gray area. I mean, it, certainly
1: there's complicated situations, but shouldn't the shouldn't the error always be on the side of helping?
0: Well, not if we're going to run out of money.
1: <laughs> but but the organization, the central, the central organization. Not if we're going to run out of money. This but, organization but, but, but has the organization. Needs. See, the organization has created needs for itself that have nothing to do with anything, like building developments down in Arizona. For profit, for rent, you can, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Developments or ranches or other commercial enterprises.
0: Well, it sucks what, to have to go ask the members for the for but, the budget but, money every year.
1: Well But see the, the where the single mom in our scenario is taken care of is at the local level. Why does that even have to come from the organizations? Shouldn't just the people around her say, What do you need? It might not be that she needs money. Maybe she just needs somebody to watch the kids for an hour on Tuesdays. So yeah, she but, can go grocery shopping. But those
0: decisions are above your pay grade. Well, I you're know, supposed but, to give the money to but the... But that's what I'm
1: saying. That's where the problem has become... Like We talk about ministering, but we're really not... A,
0: no, you're not allowed because you're supposed, to give, you're supposed to give the tithing first. And then if you want to give any money on your own, give that Right. cautiously. Right. Don't, don't give it to panhandlers outside Temple Square. Heaven forbid. Well, they got all ch- then they'll, chased off. Because then they'll start There's to gather Jesus there fish. because people
1: are giving money there. You can't have riffraff on the Temple Square. There's even signs. Have you seen the plaques, oh, yeah. permanent plaques yeah. on the walls? But see, I'm getting at, like, like this, the, the Ward family is supposed—the
0: the reason it even exists, right— well, who, who makes a better decision with the money? Apparently, they make a better decision because they have all the money. They got, they, but it they're got making have, tons of money. Uh, that's right? where I'm
1: getting at, though. It doesn't have to be money. Like, the single well, it, mom, for the single mom, taking over a box of uh, groceries is just like giving her money. Well, is isn't that not? what
0: Nibley said, is once we become rich as to the things of this world, we've shown that we can handle the Lord's money? <laughs> they who are quote rich as to the things of this world have deliberately chosen right the fraudulent well, we, we have imitation
1: my, my speculation is that the people who work at ensign peak advisors are the best among the best of the best in the in the financial stock trader best world of the best
0: of the best of
1: the best of the best of the best sir <laughs> What is that from? Men in Black. Men in Black. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Will Smith is pulled into the secret training thing, and he's. Oh yeah, the other guys. He's the cool that. guy. Why are right? you guys here? Yeah, and the other guys are from the other branches of the military, and like, why are you here <laughs> to be the best of the best, sir? <laughs> and Will Smith's like <laughs> best of the, best of the best.
4: just <laughs> mocks him, and everyone looks at
1: him. But my, I, I would guess that if that the the church head hunts very talented LDS stock trader types. You know, uh, uh, what are these, you know, venture capital or these huge trade houses, right? These New York, wall street investment firms. They find
0: the Mormon boys. That they are really go good get at those
1: it. guys and they lure them out here. And uh, I'm sure they're the best of the best of the best, sir. So yeah, they, they, they are very good at what they do. and, and there's a, contingent in the in the church members membership who say of course they are that that's the way how else would we manage the lord's money it's, we've got to grow it it's a parable of the talents and we have to have the best of the best of the best because how else will we build temples and i'm, I'm where i the argument i've been making recently or trying to make or trying to articulate is we, we don't need any money to do the work of the lord we we don't need any. Yeah, but money how, are to take. Gonna, how are we how are we going to build I temples? Mean, I mean, we as an organization,
0: how are we going to you would how build Are we going to have this? But okay that's the but question that, that's the a, question is we did that with the whole you know here's the church and here's the steeple open it up and here's all the people the people are the church right or right. or is the church something bigger than that it's a set of rules and uh, it's well, a bunch now, of bank accounts yeah, now and it's it's a it's a, it's a gigantic uh, mega corporation it's an institution it's a legal fiction it's a you know it's all of these things that allow it to persist beyond the people in the ward the, the because the, the people in the ward if they kept their own money they couldn't actually do what we're we're doing as a massive organization, if right? We, That's if the we, point. if
1: we weren't trying to build three hundred and fifty temples, temples could, could still be built. You would have you could have you could ask for donations, people could volunteer their time and their talents to creating it like was it the the Navu temple? Or, or the, the, salt, the, salt the Salt Lake, Lake Temple, Temple, the Salt Lake Temple, yeah, the Salt Lake Temple. They would work, like, right, Manti, one day in ten, right,
0: Manti, Logan, um, Saint George. These were all built without, and those were the, the kind of organizations. Impressive
1: buildings, day. I think, more impressive than the modern ones. And now we're getting kits, right? That was it, Helena, Montana. that got like a prefab kit that they just it was just like big Legos.
0: It was a double
1: wide, <laughs> but, but see, but here's the point: is that there would be a way. We would find a way and also again, is that the end game? I keep coming back to this question. Are the temple buildings the end game? Is well that... one of the
0: one of the comments we got, I don't know if I hopefully I'm not gonna get anybody in trouble here because we can uh, take care
1: of each other without spending a dime.
0: We have a friend who has some insight. He said one of the main reasons the church is getting cozy with the United Nations is that America is losing favor throughout the world. After World War II, we had a lot of favor mm-hmm. in the world, you know, because we're an American church. And so therefore, like, the, bab- the baseball baptisms in places like Japan and Ireland, et cetera, that worked. But um, we're not as trusted anymore, so we have to cozy up with the United Nations to get our missionary... Um,
4: Again, it, to, like, to open up missionary opportunities,
0: yeah. right?
1: And is that the end game? Is the fullness of the gospel just sending missionaries to we're we're supposed to, make, we're supposed
0: to fulfill the prophecy the way we see it, right? We're looking in the mirror of Erised and we see mm-hmm. something in there. I'm referring to Harry Potter, right? Ron looks in the mirror and he sees himself as head boy. He's got all the girls, the accolades. He's, he's Quidditch captain. Quidditch champion, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so uh we see that and we're we're saying that's what God wants for us, so we must cozy up with the United Nations in order to achieve those goals. Well, and then the whole uh I guess this all comes down to the idea that you know, the, these decisions are above my pay grade and that's why we have senior leadership to decide when we should or shouldn't lie to the IRS.
1: Well, who can you trust more? Right? Elder Anderson. <laughs> if you don't follow elder anderson on twitter then you may not know what i'm talking about. Okay. you can go look it up if you so desire what are they looking up elder anderson's tweet where he says there's nobody he could trust more than president nelson because he's the prophet and the president of the church and even if he wasn't golly gee what a guy <laughs> <laughs>
0: We just we're spending a lot of time just kinda of looking at each other. It's like, is is the contrast not obvious? What well
1: it's just for for me and I you know, I saw another tweet today by some random person. He's like, anybody who, there's always the insincere people who have questions about the church and they're insincere and apostate. And it's like, I'm not insincere and I don't think I'm apostate. Well, I think they would, but but for me, I'm just sitting sitting back, going, "What are we trying? Who are we trying to be, and what is it we're trying to accomplish?" Apparently, Bobby
0: Flood. Apparently, Bobby Flood, you have the wrong idea about what we're supposed to be because we're exactly what we're supposed to be. That's the point. That's I think the main point that you're going to get right now from. Uh, right. we are who we the are Orthodox because is, we are that's the, this, this is, is the right thing to do
1: if if the Lord was on the earth today the church would not look any different is that right is that's that, what we're saying is that right. this is
0: you need you need to trust that you you sent me a link to uh, an article Sherry Dew had written about trusting the brethren you know with six questions she six right crazy questions she had invented about uh, that nobody would ever ask you know. Is there any other group of men on the earth that is more trustworthy well, than they? She called them the least fallible men on earth.
2: The, that's a quote. <laughs> I don't know how you measure
0: fallibility. But that's the problem. You know, you're you can have you can't have these questions. You can't. You, well, you can have questions, but you're not supposed to find answers. You're not supposed to come to the wrong dumb thing. question. You're not supposed to come to the wrong conclusion, right? Right. The conclusion that this is not that something's wrong is not the right conclusion. The right conclusion is that you need to trust the brethren. And you need to trust that senior leadership is being that they're trustworthy. Trust them and that completely. They're doing, is that they're what doing Russell the right, Nelson said. They're doing the right thing.
1: Right, and I for me it goes way beyond that, right? Because it it goes beyond just oh, should I trust these guys or not, and and to this big, for me the the foundational question who who are we trying to be? What what is the whole point of any of this? Is it just to prosper? Keep my commandments, you shall prosper in the land. Is that is is that what? You know the Book of Mormon promise was that we'd just be rich as a people, and we'd have a, a, a church worth half a billion dollars and and secret assets. Is that is that the pr- definition of prosper in the land? And so pay your tithing, so then you'll get secret windfalls, and you'll get an envelope full of money under your floor mat and it's all about just monetary prosper?
0: Is that it? Well, that's because that then will allow the church to be recognized worldwide, and everybody— And, that, and
1: that's it? Just worldly
0: recognition? Well, that's the idea, is that that's the fulfillment of the prophecies that the church—the the standard of truth has been unfurled. Did we bring this up last time? We did, time? Yeah. yeah. It's that the, the, the church will visit every clime, and every nation, kindred, tongue, and people will and have to And you have to have be wealthy to do it, that? Rather than— well, no, yeah, because that's how it's done in this <laughs> secret wealthy, though, right? But we're going to need that when you know we have to make a worldwide move on grain or or something in this during the apocalypse. I don't know what, what we're going to use that money for. That was one of Your the digital... ideas is that we were going to use the money for the apocalypse.
1: Yeah, that was. The, because the,
0: the financial market,
1: the leader of Ensign Peak, uh, Richard Clark, I think his right, name. The was.
0: financial markets will be operating during the apocalypse, right. I that's I that's that. it's, it's an
1: absurd thing to think that your dollar is going to be worth anything in the apocalypse or in the second coming. Like there's people who I think who legitimately believe that when Christ comes again, he's going to like need the credit card. All right, guys, give me the checkbook. Let's get to work here building Zion. It's going to cost a lot of money. Well, and, they, and that's they, what it's all for. They'll
0: be marrying and giving in marriage. They'll, they'll be marrying and giving in marriage, right? That's one of the things that's said about the, the end times. He'll come in a day when we know not, right? The, the, at least those that aren't looking for it, mm. they'll be surprised. So, so things will be going on. But what does that really mean? I mean, there's so very little detail about what happens. It's, you've got the cataclysmic stuff, and then you've got sort of the yeah, thief in a night. He shows up shows up on a Thursday. Well, I think there's
1: a lot of cataclysm going on right now that people are just not noticing or just thinking, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Well I think the I big... mean it's sort of both, right? It's thief in the night. Like we I think mm-hmm. our brains tell us everything's fine. So we gotta continue living our lives and investing in the future, even though we're about two inches away from a, like a nuclear cataclysm.
0: Right. And I think that the movies have given us sort of a a sh- diminished sense of of how things play out out on a world scale we we want everything to happen quickly we think that this nuclear like even if there was a nuclear war it would develop over probably months and we're developing it's, over months right and we think it's <laughs> going to happen in a, in an hour and 45 minutes or mm-hmm. something like a like a movie script or 2 About, hours and 11 uh, minutes or slowly something slowly and then suddenly yeah but it it's a we've got to superimpose these written and uh you know the scriptural prophecies onto a multi-year mm-hmm. generation time timeline and see that it is it is happening it's just slower than we think it might happen well maybe this is a good
1: place to wrap
0: it up Well, I don't know that we've solved anything. We haven't. We never do. But we're asking we're asking the question. I think that's what that's the who are we really again? That's the well. That's the question that's that's really been on my mind
1: a lot. And there's there if you follow these things, if they're brought to your attention, there's all of these little stories, right? Like like the article by Sherry Dew, which maybe we'll link to, or um, these lawsuits about the church tithing or the church building this high-end rental property neighborhood in Arizona things like that and I look at this stuff or the donations to the UN and I, and and for me and maybe other maybe I'm out in the left field
2: it's like what is all what's what's the point of all this and we've discussed that a lot
1: but I don't think I'm I'm the only person asking these questions or scratching their head going you know why? And so I think it's a good conversation to have. I think it's a conversation the church needs to have as a whole. And I think the leadership needs to have. Who is it are we? Who are we really? And is there a disc? Is there a gap? If the Lord came to the earth today and said, give me the keys. I'm, I'm you know, give me the keys to the building. We're changing the locks. Would he change? What would, what would he change? Would there be no changes? Would he say, this is exactly where I want us to be? Good job.
0: Or is it the steward of Gondor? Right. With worm tongue in his ear. Well, or that was, the, was Theoden um, of, uh, of Rohan. Yeah. But if you remember the steward of Gondor, he runs screaming from the parapet on well, fire. Well, he's,
1: he's a glutton. He's, 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 he's let the kingdom fall the white city He hasn't been a good watchman on the tower because he's the first line of gondor is the first line of defense against mordor
0: and it's he a, neglected his duties that i think that's the the big problem right now is that we're getting a lot of there's nothing to see here and and uh some of us i think have rational reasons to think what we think this the the things that are coming out that appear to be reality do not paint us in a favorable light right. it, it's it's like okay and it, and if you if you can't talk about that right if for some reason for example we got in trouble for talking about this then that would just demonstrate how uh valid those criticisms are mm-hmm. right because that's the first thing you do is you tell people who are not right. uh if you have if you're running a a criminal enterprise you shut up all the <laughs> you got to get rid of the witnesses right right tie up the loose ends right that's that's unfortunately the cover-up is is part of the problem
1: well everybody thanks for listening
0: yeah, if you're still listening. <laughs> oh, interesting did, did, did discussion want to talk today.
1: About, did you want to talk about the? Oh comments? yeah, we gotta
0: we gotta bring up some of the comments. We had some good comments recently uh, two weeks ago on our sustainability episode. Um, I had a couple of people point this out, Robert specifically on the on the podcast webpage. Remember the there was a conference um, in South America that had an acronym, S-U-D, SUED. Yeah. And that is the Santos de Ultimos Diaz. That's uh, the Spanish-Portuguese for Latter-day Saints. Oh, it's, LDS. It doesn't mean South, so Why, it's their, as, as I had erroneously it's pointed their, out. their version of LDS. Yeah. I also had erroneously been talking about the Balfour Declaration, saying the U.S. entered the war the day after it was signed. That's not accurate. They did declare war earlier, but the the first day that they committed troops physically and had incurred casualties was... The day after the Balfour Declaration was signed. Um, Dr. Nick liked your uh, Kamala Harris impression. (laughs) TBM gave us the quote about... I
1: did did forget one uh, uh,
0: aspect of it, and that's the cackle, Oh, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't watch a lot of Kamala, so...
1: Sometimes I just, when I want to feel smart, I'll watch a little clip of Kamala Harris yeah. the key to being smart is to have smart thoughts into your mind when they're mind thoughts because <laughs> that's the thoughts in our mind and
0: those are smart <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad we can't have have your uh face oh boy um you're bringing up another... <laughs> another another quote. TBM quoted the one... We were talking about sustaining, whether sustaining was... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's now considered an oath. And uh, it wasn't Oaks. It was um, Nelson in 2014. He said, Our sustaining of prophets is a personal commitment that we will do our utmost to uphold their prophetic priorities. Okay, so their priorities. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Their, which could be building... Our sustaining is an oath-like indication that we recognize their callings as a prophet to be legitimate and binding upon us. So essentially, you'll do what I say. Um, They're the least fallible men on earth.
2: Yeah. We had a really good uh, comment from... So they they need the atonement the least
1: of all of us. (laughs) (laughs) They're farthest down the covenant path. That's also a... Sherry D said that they're they're just so much farther down the covenant path than we are. It's it's okay. a boggling it's a boggling thing. I mean it's like it's
0: cultish. It is very cultish. Uh, TBM and Jordan exchanged some comments. Pepe Lapira jumped in, and then uh, Reba. You asked what was up with, I don't know how how do we pronounce R E B E. How have you pronounced it, Rebe, Reba, R e b e, yeah, Rebe. Rebe, Rebe. Okay, she chimed in. Rebe. She says, "She says you asked what was up with the church getting cozy with the United Nations and other world powers. Interesting that I was just reading about this in a prophecy in Matthew 24, and it dawned on me what it was talking about. It goes along with the question of what in the world is the church doing." At the end of chapter 24, it talks about the good and evil servant in the last days. The good servant is busy teaching and giving the people who will listen meat. Here's what it says about the evil servant. But, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming and shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him and in an hour he is not aware of. She says, notice the evil servant, quote, eats and drinks with the drunken. We know this is symbolic language. They aren't drunk on wine, but drunk with Babylon. Now, that's a reference to the book of Revelation, where it's drunk of the wine, of the wrath, of the, the fornication. The drunkard, the V from that Isaiah
1: yeah. talks about.
0: The evil servant has joined with the world, Babylon. Isn't that what the church is doing? Exactly what was prophesied in Matthew? It matches Isaiah chapter 28, the drunkards of Ephraim in the last days, which you just mentioned, that are drunk with the wine of Babylon and how they only give the milk, no meat. Well, um, that was uh, a comment that you could consider from Rebi. Uh, Rebi, Rebbi, Rebbe. Tell us how to pronounce this, Rebi. And then of course Dr. Nick wished us a happy Guy Fox Day.
1: Yeah. No, no, what what did it say? Remember, remember the Fourth of November or whatever it is it?
0: Third of November? I
1: don't remember. I don't remember, remember.
0: It was the 5th of November.
1: Remember, remember, the 5th of November. That's of course um uh portrayed in the beginning of that uh film. Um what's the film?
0: V for Vendetta?
1: Yes. <laughs> That's the film, and Guy Fox. Uh, you yeah. can look him up.
0: Yeah, cool. Well, interesting discussion. From world history. Yeah, I think these are these are questions that uh, are not being sp- directly addressed. They're being indirectly addressed in kind of a soft slash. So you've got the velvet glove with the iron fist. If you cro- if you go too far, you get the iron fist, but. For the most part, they're putting out the velvet glove, and it's like okay no the you know the the these should be directly addressed and if if you can't directly address them but that's uh, that, part of the problem that's part of the problem B- because if you bring it up, it's going to bring the attention that you don't want to the issue right that's the reason these aren't being that's the reason these issues are not being brought up in my opinion right because it it then well, you run out of town? Well, de- it demonstrates that, yeah, and that probably isn't good. And people, you know, people got the idea that they wanted local control back. That'd be a problem, right? All right, everybody, thank you. I'm Bobby Flood. That's I'm Jordan Bruno for now,
1: for now, and uh, we're the Mind Virus Show.
0: All right, have a great week.